Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ormark on the World Show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and our guest today is Darren Williams. He's the CEO of Southern Bank Corp, and a remarkable career, a remarkable bank. You don't want to miss this episode. This discussion is going to be great. Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. Darren, welcome to the show. Devin, thank you for having me. Well, we're thrilled to have you and really look forward to this, this discussion. Southern Bank Corp has been around, I think, about 30 years uh, from, from what you and your team told me in advance. Uh, what was the economic situation that inspired the creation of Southern Bank Corp long ago? Sure, David, you're right. We've been around a little bit more than 30 years. Uh, and Southern was started really by some of the um, uh, most influential business leaders and community leaders, not just in Arkansas, but really all of America at the time. Bill Clinton was governor of Arkansas, uh, and Bill Clinton witnessed probably the first development bank in the country, Shore Bank, which was operating on the south side of Chicago, operating in an economically depressed urban environment, having significant impact on, on really lifting the net worth of individuals that it, that it worked with. Many banks chose not to lend in those communities. Uh, and, and Governor Clinton wanting to create economic opportunities and stimulate the economy in Arkansas's Delta region. Uh, one of the most persistently poor communities in all of America. Uh, he invited the founders of Shore Bank uh, to Arkansas uh, to help build uh, and create an entity similar to Shore Bank in Arkansas. Uh, and he reached out to a number of folks that you probably would know. For example, Rob Walton, uh, Sam Walton's son, part of the Walton family, uh, was one of our original board members. Uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, the governor's wife, former, uh, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, was our original board. Mac McClarty. Um, Bill Clinton's uh, former chief, chief of staff in the White House, uh, the Winthrop Rockefeller Foundation, the philanthropic foundation here in Arkansas. Uh, Winthrop Rockefeller, former governor of Arkansas, uh, that foundation got involved. So a number of folks came together really with the purpose of creating an entity modeled after Shore Bank uh, to work in some of the most economically depressed communities, provide a way to lift those communities up. And, and really our, our purpose for being founder, our reason we exist is we were founded to invest uh, in rural towns, underserved communities, and people's dreams. Uh, we believe that wealth building isn't just for the wealthy, so we are wealth builders for everyone. And that was the focus uh, and the reason for creating Southern some 30 plus years ago. Now, it seems to me that the need for Southern Bancorp has not gone away. Uh, tell us about the progress and challenges. Sure, Devin, you're right. The need, the need unfortunately, has not, uh, has not gone away, and we've expanded uh, over the years. We now have 46 locations in both Arkansas and Mississippi. We've expanded to South Arkansas and to on both sides of the Mississippi River, so we're both in Arkansas uh, as well as Mississippi, and we operate in some of the most economically depressed communities uh, in our two states and really maybe in, in all, of the, all of the country. Uh, in fact, in 28, in 37% of our branches on what we characterize as bank deserts, uh, meaning there's only one financial institution or traditional financial institution in that zip code, uh, in some cases just two. In 16 of our markets, we're the only traditional financial institution uh, in the market. And in 27, 28% of the uh, population in our markets are below the federal poverty poverty line. Uh, and, and we're in really some hard to serve uh, rural communities most, most often. 
uh, and the thought of founding Southern, if, if Shore Bank worked in an urban environment, the question was, would it work in a rural environment? I would, I would submit that over the years, uh, it, it has worked, and we are helping to, to lift people's net worth. There's a lot of work to be done. Uh, we were seeded with initial about $10 million. Uh, we've now grown to uh, be a bank of $1.2 in assets. Um, we're really three entities in one. We have three different entities. I'm CEO of the holding company. The holding company owns the bank. And we work with a nonprofit affiliate, Southern Bank Corp Community uh, Partners. All three entities are what's called CDFIs, or Community Development Financial Institutions, as designated by Treasury. Uh, and as, as a CDFI, uh, we, we, we declare and designate that at least 60% of our activity will be done in low to moderate income census tracts. So we seek to serve uh, the underserved communities. We seek to serve those where others choose not to invest. Uh, and, and while we've had great success, uh, the need still is great in, in these communities and many communities like, like these around the country. You have sort of a threefold mission. Uh, do, you, do you want to talk about the, the, those three objectives and how you work to accomplish those? Sure, sure, Devin. And, and we focus on net worth. Again, we, we believe that wealth building isn't just for the wealthy. Uh, and so we're wealth builders for everyone. And we, we focus on net worth because uh, net worth is what really breaks uh, generational poverty. So uh, a number of studies out that Pew is one we often quote, they looked at the uh, economic mobility ladder and said the folks born in the last two rungs of the economic mobility ladder, those who are born into poverty, 70% of those individuals never make it out. So it's just generational poverty. They stay uh, in poverty. What's unique about the 30% that do make it out uh, is that they have some sense or form of net worth. Sometimes it's as simple as having a home. Uh, of course, home ownership is often the foundation of building wealth. Uh, we probably all know families who have sent their kids to college with the equity in their homes or even start a small business with the equity in their homes. Um, and so we focus on things that lift and build net worth. And so we have three what we call big, hairy, audacious goals or our BHAGs. And so for the next 10 years, we want to really assist 10,000 people in obtaining and sustaining homeownership. Uh, we want to help to create and retain 100,000 jobs uh, in the markets that we serve and then maybe the, maybe the biggest and most hairy uh, goal of them all is we want to empower 1 million people uh, to save money and help to accumulate assets. And of course, we don't serve 1 million people. And so what's unique about uh, this financial institution is that through our nonprofit affiliate, we have a policy shop. And so we work with, we work with uh, both the state and federal legislators to try to promote policies that will encourage and incentivize uh, the savings by low wealth people, which we believe really helps break that generational poverty and, and lift people up uh, the economic mobility ladder. You're operating in a space that is fraught with all sorts of challenges, uh, you know, political, social, uh, and, and some economic risk for the bank. Uh, one of the real problems, as I understand it, for people trying to work themselves out of poverty is a place to save money. It's difficult for them, it seems, to simply open a savings account. How have you addressed that uh, to, uh, to make it easy for low-income people who've traditionally not been, at least in, not in recent years, not been part of the traditional banking system, right? They're not getting 
uh, a bank account, certainly not a checking account, certainly not a credit card. So they're using payday lenders, they're check cashing services, and, and it makes life so much more difficult for them. How, how are you addressing that? Well, Devin, you're exactly right. Um, some of these predatory forms of capital and credit that uh, are extended to people who don't use traditional uh, bank accounts or, or, or traditional transaction accounts really helps to strip uh, money from, from their budgets on a, on a monthly basis. Uh, in fact, in the state of Mississippi, for example, there are more storefront payday lenders uh, in the state of Mississippi than there are McDonald's, Burger King, and Starbucks combined. Uh, so there are over 1,100 uh, storefront payday lenders in the state of Mississippi. Uh, I recently took a group of uh, international uh, uh, visitors uh, uh, in Clarksdale, Mississippi, one of our branches, and we drove along a less than a mile corridor of our bank branch there, and we counted some 13 payday lenders operating in our markets. Uh, so often our competition is not another bank. Uh, often our competition is a payday lender or a pawn shop or someone who provides alternative forms of capital and credit that are that really strip wealth. Uh, so we really, we do a lot of outreach. We, we don't wait for people to come to the bank. We take the bank to them. Uh, we know that so many people just distrust banks. Uh, and for those who have a traditional bank account, it seems, it seems uh, unheard of to not trust banks, but really for those who have, don't have a tradition or a history of being banked, uh, your parents, probably like my parents, you know, I started my first bank account when I was a, a kid. It was a squirrel club account, and you, you were taught to save as, 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 a, as a kid. You trusted banks. But so many people uh, didn't have that upbringing, and they don't trust banks, and they don't quite understand banking. It's not as simple as you think. So, you know, you may have a, a simple uh, checking account, and you have uh, money in, in the bank. You use, use your debit card, uh, and you swipe that card, and uh, you let's say you don't have uh, enough money to cover that. You, you, you oftentimes are, have been provided with overdraft protection. So the bank will honor uh, the transaction, go ahead and pay that charge, but they'll charge you a fee for using overdraft. There is a privilege and a service of overdraft, uh, and it and it should be it should it should come with a fee. Uh, but those who may not understand that, they're surprised by the thirty dollar, twenty five dollar, where the charge is at the when they get their statement. So that's taken out of their uh, next deposit, and so they don't have quite as much money as they thought they would have. Uh, and so there's some two billion people worldwide who are un are underbanked, uh, who don't have access to traditional financial accounts. And so we aggressively go and try to serve those communities by doing outreach, getting outside of the bank in a trusted environment, working with partners who they trust. Um, one other thing that's very simple, many banks uh, use uh, check systems. It's a system where when you go and open an account, they often they'll check, check systems to see uh, what your past experience has been with the bank. And if you've had a, a, an unfavorable experience, you might you know, if you had an account written off, you might be on check systems. You and then many banks won't open that account. We do check check systems to make sure that the reason why your account may have been closed was not because of fraud. Uh, and, and if it was not because of fraud, then we're going to open up an account for anyone that walks through the door. And we have a number of, of, of accounts that we do that for people with no minimum balance requirements, um, and we have accounts with with no you know with no or very low uh, monthly fees to, to, to get away from these kind of surprising gotcha fees. But we do a fair amount of financial education to try to help people understand the benefit and the wisdom of having uh, a traditional uh, checking account or savings account. Now, is it possible using modern technology to help a customer avoid overdraft fees by not giving them check privileges and just giving them a debit card and 
so they can have ready access to the money they have, but they can't make it more difficult to spend money they don't? Is that, does that, is that a tool? That, that is a tool. And in fact, we, we are piloting right now what we call basically a checklist checking account. Uh, we're, we're, we're part of the bank on movement or trying to become a part of the bank on movement. Well, this is a transaction account, uh, and it does not allow for overdraft. Uh, so now if you pre- in this account, if you present uh, your debit card and you don't have enough money, uh, it will decline that transaction. It won't extend these overdraft privileges to you. But that, that erases those surprise fees. But what it also provides for you, uh, Devin, is it provides you access to our mobile platforms. We have, a, we have a, an aggressive mobile uh, platform, online platform, so you can use bill pay. Uh, you can pay your bills through bill pay as opposed to having to go and get high cost, um, uh, you know, money orders or, or, or a place where you can cash your checks without any fees. Uh, it's amazing how many people pay just to cash their check. Oh, yeah. And big fees. Expensive. Yeah, it's expensive being poor. Very expensive. Yeah. Well, it's uh, incredible work that you're doing. It, one of the things that I like to focus on is impact investing for ordinary investors. And it seems to me that your mission is funded in part by ordinary deposits at your bank. Whether it's $50 or $500,000, that deposit helps fund your mission in one way or another. Is that fair? That is fair. That's absolutely right. You know, banks are really the traditional, uh, probably first crowd funder, right? So what happens with a, a community bank is it gathers deposits right in the community that it, that it sits in, and it turns around and lends those deposits uh, to people in that community, and, and banks has the, have the beauty of being able to leverage those deposits. So for roughly every dollar we have in deposits, we can loan out $10. The, the regulations allow us to do that, and, and, and so we, we do basically crowdfund. We take community deposits and then loan them right back in the community, and what I often say uh, to, to my friends, we're part of an a, a, a international organization called the Global Alliance for banking on values. And these are values-based, mission-focused financial institutions around the world. And we often say, do you know where your money spends the night? Uh, because money uh, in a bank account doesn't just sit there. It's used. Banks make investments. And so the question is, is your bank that you're banking with, is it making investments in your community? Or is it taking those deposits and lending those deposits in communities that don't look like yours? Uh, and so we take those deposits and we plow them right back into the communities that we serve, not only through loans, but also through investments. So we have a $200 million investment portfolio. So we invest in, in school district bonds, in the water bonds, in, in various bonds to help build the infrastructure of the cities that we, uh, that we work in and we serve. Uh, so you should know where your money spends at night. And if you're banking uh, with a bank that doesn't share your values, I would suggest that you find a values-based financial institution because your deposits truly are making a difference. Uh, and it truly is, it should reflect your values. Uh, it should reflect the values that you share. People think about that, for example, when they buy from Tom Shoes or when they go to Zappos or different places. Uh, there's a you know, big movement of being, uh, you know, impact-driven and, 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 and thinking about it. But people don't think about that often with their bank account. And I would submit that your bank account really is your is a primary way that you can live your values by where you bank. Is there a mechanism available for people who don't live in your market area to make deposits, even uh, CDs and time deposits perhaps, so they can uh, support your mission with uh, with a deposit? Sure. We, 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 we uh, 
have deposits from all around the country. But what we're doing, uh, Devin, right now, uh, actually, we're building out our online platform, and we believe in the first quarter of next year, um, we're going to be able to allow anyone anywhere in the U.S. to open up an account online. Uh, regulatorily, there are some hurdles we have to cross because as banks, we are regulated like any other bank in the country, and we have we have to know our customer. Uh, there are certain regulations that we have to know our customers, so we, 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 we have to do a lot of due diligence to know who our customers are, and we're working on a platform that will allow us to open up accounts anywhere, and we We've been contacted by folks all across the country saying, I want to bank with you. I want to put my money in your institution. Uh, and, and hopefully we'll make it much easier for them to do that uh, the first quarter of next year. But we currently have deposits from, from, from investors all across the country. In fact, we have a lot of deposits from mission-focused philanthropic organizations around the country who want to bank uh, with an organization that shares its values and its mission. So, so we bank a lot of people who care about where their money spends at night. Oh, fantastic. Darren, you uh, are a role model to a lot of people uh, and doing great work. But who inspires you? Who do you look up to as a role model? Well, Devin, thank, thank you. Really, I, I, you know, this is, it's a privilege for me to, um, uh, to do this, to come to work every day. Um, I, 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 did, I grew up as a lawyer. I, I was a lawyer by training. Uh, in fact, I'm a little surprised that I'm working at a bank because I grew up suing banks. Uh, and publicly traded companies. I was a securities litigation and consumer attorney, uh, bringing class action lawsuits. And um, David, my story really is pretty unique. I, I hit the parent lottery uh, as a kid. I was adopted as an infant. Uh, my dad was in his mid-50s, my mom in her late 40s, when they adopted an infant at two weeks of age. And, and my parents, dad was a, a, a minister, my mom a public school teacher, first in the segregated schools uh, in, in, in Arkansas. Uh, before schools were integrated, and uh, they were two of the most mission-focused people uh, that I know, uh, and they instilled that, those values in me as a kid. My parents, the age of most of my friends, uh, grandparents, and both are deceased now, but when I was uh, in the Attorney General's office, I was Chief Deputy Attorney General, and, and then after that, I served in the Arkansas General Assembly and worked on issues that really impacted low-wealth people, worked on issues to really help lift people, and I came across this Southern uh, uh, Good Faith Fund, uh, which is which is now Southern uh, Southern Bank Corp Community Partners, a part of our family, and they were really working to try to lift people's uh, net worth, trying to give people with low wealth dignity and help them move up the economic mobility ladder. And I love their work and, and work with them as a legislator. Uh, so I was surprised several years later when they when they knocked on my door and said, hey, "Would you come and and lead the organization?" I initially turned them down and said, "You know, I'm pretty happy practicing law, but I'd love to help you. Uh, how can I help?" And I joined the board for just a few months. And after a few months, my wife approached me and she said, you know, uh, Darren, you told me one day if you could help people uh, the way you wanted to, you would help people understand and use money better. I had said this to her because we were leading a financial principles class at our church, helping people who were great people who just didn't understand money. And I was surprised how little people knew and how much they were benefiting from the class. Uh, and so I said that to her at some point in time. And she said, well, you know, this may be God's way of telling you you can do that and, and you should take this job at Southern. And I, I was a little surprised and hadn't thought that, didn't remember that I told her that. And I said, well, man, did God tell you how we pay for it? Because it's much more profitable suing a bank uh, than it is running a bank. And she's a lawyer also and decided to be a stay-at-home mom. Uh, but I don't regret that decision for one minute. I really am inspired by my parents first. Uh, and then here at Southern, we have 380 of the most dedicated employees uh, in any financial institution. They really, really work to do good for people every day. And so I'm inspired by them as well. 
No, that's great. Now, Darren, what is your superpower? Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't profess to have any superpower. Uh, we just have a passion for, 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 for helping people, for doing good. And again, I'm inspired by the 380 plus people that work here at Southern day in and day out. Uh, they care about the communities that they, that they serve. They care about the customers that they serve. And you know, David, most of the, our employees grew up uh, in, in, in rural Arkansas, or rural Mississippi, small town America, and they care about these flyover states, states that many uh, don't think about, and they want those communities to thrive. Uh, they don't want to live uh, in the big city. They want to make home uh, in, in, in small town America, and they want those communities to thrive. And so I'm committed and inspired by them to work and to make sure that that happens. Well, I really appreciate you, Darren, taking the time to be with us today. Before you go, would you take just a minute and tell people how they can learn more about Southern Bank Corp, how they can connect with you personally and do business with you? Sure, absolutely. We have a fascinating uh, website that was built out uh, last year that really talks about our, our organizations, both the bank and the nonprofit, uh, Southern Bank Corp, um, uh, southernbankcorp.com uh, and southernpartners.org. Uh, is our is our website love for you guys to 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 jump on the website and look us up southern bank corporate uh, inc and uh, learn more about our, our our institution my email is darren d-a-r-r-i-n dot williams at bank b-a-n-k southern dot com uh, shoot me an email i'd love to have a uh, talk to you if you want to bank with a mission focused values-based bank if you care where your money's been tonight we'd love to have you as a customer uh we, we are in the process of of raising capital. Uh, we want to expand our impact because, they, Devin, what's happening is small banks in America are closing. They're being consolidated. So we want to fill that void. So we're looking to grow. In order to grow, we've got to raise capital. So we're looking for investors as well. We look for partners who want to work with us. Fantastic. Well, Darren, again, thank you so much for being with us today. And we wish you every success in growing your impact and helping more people in your communities. Devin, thank you. And thank you for what you do to highlight impact investors around, around, around the country. Alrighty, now let's do some good. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts on Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash Devonthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devon hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur, or other changemaker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devin is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for, and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com. Learn more about Devin's work at yourmarkontheworld.com.